Welcome to the Doghouse. I'm Diana. And I'm David. It's Riverdale, Season 7, Episode 12, Chapter 129, After the Fall. Archie and Reggie lean on each other as they prepare for their big basketball game against Stonewall Prep. Meanwhile, as they deal with ongoing issues with their parents, Betty and Veronica decide to throw a slumber party with Kevin and Clay. We're never getting out of 1955, are we? It's not looking great, no. I don't... What, if, what are we doing here anymore? I, I don't know. And also, the other thing about this episode is that everyone is so disconnected, which happens. You've got a ton of characters. They're, they can't all interact with each other a ton every single episode. This one was so... Like we've been doing this for two. This is episode twelve, and we're still doing this. This is too much. We've got we've gone too far. <laughs> yeah, but that's not to say there wasn't some good stuff in this episode that I I did really enjoy. Well, if this was if this was the setup for the entire series, I would be thoroughly happy. Well, I I feel like there are things here that were done really well and paid off well for the, the episode as a whole. But then, like there, like the the sequence and Veronica's apartment i was just like man we could have been doing this the whole time this is good like this is this is great and uh no we didn't we did other bullshit instead so yeah yeah all right so we start the episode with jughead narration um just talking about how reggie and archie are very similar and so we see them waking up to the alarm and they get up to do their run as their warm-up. And for Reggie, this is a warm-up for him to then go do the thing he's really passionate about, which is basketball. But for Archie, it's just a warm-up for him to go do something else, which is he's working on his poetry. He's right. And so it's the day after Halloween. Uh, we see uh, the Bulldogs and Reggie at the hospital, and we find out that Julian is in a coma, and that Reggie is the one who pulled them from the water. And, you know, as we're pulling away from them, Clifford is talking to Frank and Clifford's like, this is all Reggie's fault. I want him gone. And even Frank's like, we don't really know what happened. And I believe Julian was the one driving. And again, Clifford's just like, no, we got to get rid of him. And Frank's just like, let's not worry about that. You should focus on your son and we can sort everything else later. Uncle Frank was a dick becoming less of one. He's, he's being less of a dick, so love that. He's sticking up for Reggie, too, which I also appreciate because it's needed. Uncle Frank's is being a 1955 male Dude. father figure. Yeah. Uh, we cut over to Rayberry's apartment, and Ethel is explaining to the sheriff what happened. She's like, you know, that's the same milkman that was at my house, and I tried to tell you. Um, Jughead is there. He does not have his hat, and his hair is, uh, again, dripped down to the side. And Sheriff Keller looks very rushed. He goes, this is an open and shut case. And he's like, what? Uh, <laughs> are you joshing us? Now I have even more questions. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Ethel, you know, is like, should I make a statement? And Sheriff's like, no. And he's just like, but like, who, who is the milkman? And, you know, what, what are we going to do? And the sheriff's like, oh, maybe we have his fingerprints, uh, but you have to go back to the sisters. And Ethel's like, no. Jughead says, no, they were abusing her. She can come with me. And Sheriff Keller's like, well, she has to be in the care of an adult. And Jughead's like, fine, but not the sisters. So we cut to Mary. She's waiting for a call. The phone rings. And she says, Frank, what, you know, you know, Archie, do you have any news? And it's Jughead has called her. She says, what, what, what about Ethel? So then we cut to the sheriff's office and Mary and Alice have come in. And apparently they've discussed things. 
and she's going to go back with the Coopers. And Ethel says, no, uh, you, you tried to send me to that horrible place before. To which Alice goes, oh, that was Mr. Cooper's idea. So we'll get you settled in my sewing room. Okay. That's new. That's new information. Cool. Interesting. Also, where the hell is Hal? Don't see him this episode. Again, fine. Could mean nothing. We didn't see Hal a lot in our timeline either. So that's fine. That's because he was out murdering people. Oh, yeah. He was busy with his murder and also sleeping with Penelope. So, you know. We cut back to Archie's room. He's reassuring Reggie, you know, it's like, hey, you know, if you hadn't been there, the bulldogs would have drowned. You've saved their lives. And Reggie's just like, as soon as I got to the surface, I knew if I had to go get those guys and get everyone out because I knew if those guys died, especially Blossom, I'd be blamed for it. And they would have locked me up or done worse. Riverdale. Riverdale. Bummer. Bummer city. <laughs> We cut over to the Cooper house. Betty's come down and uh, Alice is, you know, helping Ethel with her breakfast. And Betty's you know, like, hey, I'm headed to school. Ethel, do you want to walk with me? Being very nice and and uh, friendly. To which Alice just goes, don't be ridiculous, Elizabeth. I'll be driving Ethel to school this morning. Which major eye roll. I like Ethel's even like, sorry. <laughs> like Ethel was like, sure. Yeah, of course I'll walk with you. Cool. But then it's like, oh, no, I got to have to do what Miss Cooper wants. I don't like being in the middle of this. This is awkward. My parents are dead. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we cut to the hallway at school and Betty is complaining about her mom to Veronica just saying like, it's like I ran away from home and she didn't even notice. And Veronica comes clean about what's going on with her parents. She's like, I'd invite you to hang out with me at Pembroke, but I've been at the Babylonium since they locked me out. And Veronica's like, yep, I'm nothing more than a common squatter. To which Betty says, let me ask you, have you tried breaking back in? <gasps> Betty Drew! <laughs> Love a Betty Drew. We go over to class and Miss Thornton decides she's going to read a poem that one of the students turned in called Phantom. And so they read it and it's really... About a guy who's like, I'm not who everyone thinks I am. It's just smoke and mirrors. Um, which I think is very good alluding to the fact that these kids are not where they're supposed to be. This is true. That was a good job. And so when she's done, she asks class, you know, what are your thoughts? And Kevin's like, oh, it's beautiful. You did a great job. And he looks at Clay and Clay's like, I agree, but I didn't write it. And then uh, Miss Thornton tells everyone that it was Archie's. And they're all kind of like, oh, okay, interesting. New this is new information, except to Betty, because she's she already knew about this. And Miss uh Thornton says, you know, I wish you'd speak up more in class, Archie. Based on this poem, it's clear you have a lot to say. Oh, poor, poor Archie. Poor, poor Archie. He's totally mortified. And no, this is not how you recognize someone for their work. Nope. You no, you can read it and everyone can think it's clay, and clay can rightly say, like, no, that wasn't me. But then you just leave it at that. Mm -hmm. Like you, you don't have to out the person. You can just be like, I hope the person who wrote this realizes that they have a lot to say and I, I'd like to hear more from them. Indeed. Yeah. I mean, left it at that. Uh, we go over to the locker room and Frank is there to name a new captain and he's named Archie. Um, and then everyone has to take a knee to say a prayer for their bulldog brother in distress, which, you know, not not a big shock that Frank picks as Archie. It's not, but there's a logic. Oh, sure. There, we'll get to it. Uh, we cut over to the principal's office, and 
Featherhead is just like, oh, we're so glad you're back here with us, Ethel. Um, you know, it's quite the reversal, but you proved your sanity by single-handedly dispatching that drifter. Jug and Ethel are like, drifter? Who said the milkman was a drifter? Oh, Sheriff Keller. And then Dr. Werther's is like, you know, it's obvious what happened with this drifter. His mind was poisoned by the Drek Pep comics. And uh, then he was inspired to go on a murderous rampage, like the original comic book. And he just goes, yeah, makes perfect sense. And Jughead's like, but why would he kill Ethel's parents and then Brad Rayberry and then try to kill Ethel? Do you really think a drifter would do that? And then, like, they kind of go back and forth. Like, yeah, don't drifters usually move on? Drift? <laughs> so they, they've called the bullshit here. To which Werther's is like, neither of you are in a position to theorize. Werther's lies are getting dumber by the second. Oh, yes. It's so easy to read through. But nothing will beat the chart about falling in love. Well, no. Nothing beats that. But I, the, the Jughead and Ethel just nodding very, mm, mm-hmm, for sure. Yes. Mm. Like, this is a load of shit. Of course. Love it. We cut over to Frank's office at the school. And Archie's just like, I'm honored, but shouldn't it be Reggie? He's our strongest player by a lot. and. Frank's like, uh, you know, that that could be, but it wasn't my call. Clifford Blossom wanted you to step up. And given the fact that he sponsors the Bulldogs, I thought it was best to respect his wishes. And Archie's like, come on. He's had it out for Reggie since day one. And Frank's just like, look, just leave it alone. But I'm glad you came to me. I, there's something I want to give you. Your dad's captain patch. I know he'd want you wearing it for your first game as captain. To which Archie's like, oh, man. Okay, Funkle Frank. It's very sweet. It is very sweet. He's like, I can't say no to my dead dad's memory. Yeah, that's pretty much Archie. Yeah, pretty much. We cut over to the Cooper house and Betty has a suitcase. She's come down the stairs while Alice is reading one of her magazines and she says, I'm leaving. I'm going to stay with my friend Veronica. It'll be just the two of us in her apartment doing whatever we want. Which Alice says, when have you not, Elizabeth? Okay, this is I, this is actually true. I mean, fair. Alice Alice does land the, the head right on the nail. True. The difference is Betty tried to keep that stuff from her mom, and now she's just doing it in her face. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. I, I, I do like that. We cut to the girls getting inside the Pembroke apartment, and Veronica's like, how did you learn to do that? Pick a lock with a bobby pin. And I was like, don't laugh, but my Tracy True Teen Detective handbook. And she thinks that's hilarious. She's oh, I loved it. And then we talk about, you know, they can be loud and do whatever they want in the apartment. But when they're coming and going, they have to be quiet so as to not alert Smithers. And Veronica says, yeah, I told the boys that too. But he's like, oh, Archie and Reggie. She goes, oh, God, no, I want to have some fun. I invited Kevin and Clay to come over. <laughs> love it. Love it. So cute. Uh, we cut over to Thornhill. And Clifford is adamant that they keep playing. And he's very in Cheryl's face that um, she's going to do what he says. Um, she kind of gets into his face. He's like, are you truly so desperate to relive your glory days as a bulldog that you would forsake your own son? And he's like, yeah, pretty much. He, he says yes, but then it leads him more to the, this is how you unite a town. Yeah. And they'll follow you anywhere. And so Cheryl's like, no, I will not do this while my brother hovers between life and death. And he's like, oh, yes, you will. And you'll put a happy face on or you'll suffer a fate worse than Julian's, which this shocks Cheryl. And so she runs away. 
Not shocking to any of us, though. Clifford's perfectly willing to kill his own children. Yes, because he has done this in our timeline. Well, then we cut back to the Pembroke, and the girls and boys are dancing around in swimsuits, and there's bubbles blowing, and they are singing Wash That Man Right Out of My Hair from South Pacific. It is so cute. The sequence is so well done. All three of these people can sing what they have been given very well. They're all so performative. The choreography is great. This is fine. This is the type of musical stuff that they could have had in the whole series and makes perfect sense. This group of kids doing this with no parents around, perfection. Makes complete sense. It's very much in that vein that, you know, people liked of Glee. Like just kids just enjoying singing and just they just burst out into song and have fun. The way. If you like musicals, you like this sort of thing. And this would have worked great if they had done it more, but they didn't because they suck. And I'm mad. The, this sucked hardcore. I did eat it into suck. the sun. This Why? was terrible. How is it terrible? Why are we doing this right then? Why? What's the point? Because they're having fun. This is not how they have ever had fun on this show. Well, they're in the 50s. This is 50s fun. Oh. They're playing around. They're singing songs. They have their gay besties. They're just doing what they want to do. And yes, we have done this before. Do you remember Hedwig? Well, we didn't like Hedwig either. No, see, I liked this. And also, boo, this was bad. I hated it. It was not bad. It was adorably. It was very well done. Boo. You don't have to like it, but it doesn't mean it's bad. Mm. (sighs) So they sing their song and then they're, they're just, you know, they're drinking rum and being silly. And Betty looks at Kev, Kev, this is so much more of a kick than when you and I were going steady. To which Kev goes, oh, I agree. D- duh. Which, that's part of the point. Is that, no, I know. Like, like, they're having so much fun. And then also, it's just a really cute nod to the fact that they have a friendship. They're still friends. But, like, this is more our, this is more our lane. And so, uh, they ask Betty how Halloween was with Archie and Reggie. And she's like, I mean... I thought things could have gone with Reggie, but I don't know. Um, but her, you know, her and Archie kissed. To which Veronica goes like, okay, y'all have been in the locker room. Who's packing more heat? Which, hilarious. Mm-hmm. Um, appropriate, no, but also hilarious. And they're like, okay, come on, Reggie or Archie. And and then Clay and Kevin both kind of laugh. And they try to guess. And they're like, Julian, no. Fangs Fogarty, no. And then they both look at them and go, Dilton Doily. What? Mm-hmm. Like, oh, it's always the little ones. And so then they raise a glass to Dilton Doily and all the boys of Riverdale High. Oh, Dilton. Dilton. I I love that they gave that to Dilton. It's very nice. Shut up, Dilton. Shut up, Dilton. It it reminds me of the whole thing with uh, Jim O'Hare's character, Jerry, on Parks and Rec. He has the largest penis I have ever seen. I didn't even check him for months. (laughs) We cut to the pep rally the next day. Um, Our four kids are very hungover with glasses on. It's great. Betty sees Dilton and then she kind of like <laughs> nudges Veronica and they laugh. Uh, Dilton sees this and he smiles. He's like, oh, they're they're looking at me. Cheryl is trying very hard to remain upbeat as she introduces the team. We see Clifford, you know, doing the thing where it's like, smile, bitch. Except he still looks grumpy when he does the smile motion. Oh, yeah. He's a grumpy asshole. That's all he'll ever be. She introduces Archie. He comes out. You know, he's like, are you okay? And she goes, I'm just doing what's demanded of me. And so she's like, okay, you know, how about you say a few words to your loyal fans? And Archie's like, yeah. And, you know, we see other people. And he goes, 
Um, the fact is, I'm not really great with words, but... And then we get a feedback squeal, and we cut to later, he's walking in the hall with Mrs. Thornton, and she's just telling him, like, look, it's it's hard to speak off the cuff, but when you write, you write with passion, and I hope that one day you put the same energy into writing as you do basketball. To which Archie's kind of like, aw, shucks. <laughs> I have to say, Betty's face when he starts flailing at the uh, at the podium. Uh-huh. Of her glasses half down, like, ooh. Yeah. It's like, oh, this is not going well. We head on over to Pep Comics, and Jughead and Ethel are wanting to do a sequel to The Milkman Cometh. And Fieldstone is just like, we can't do it. We can't take too much heat. You know, people are going to come after us. So until you hear otherwise, consider myself lactose intolerant. Um, Give me a story with a... A zombie or a goblin, anything but a milkman. Um, and they're like, oh, shucks. And then we go over to the dress shop where Mary works, which we've never seen this before. So that's kind of fun. Both the girls pick out a dress and, you know, Veronica says, okay, send this over to the Pembroke. And Alice kind of looks at Betty and is like, you too? And she goes, yeah, I'm staying there as well. Uh, but don't worry, my mother is copacetic with it. To which Mary's just kind of like, huh, copacetic okay like she's very suspicious mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. something's not right here let me cut over to the school and the asshole stone boy pr- boys are taking peppy the mascot um and we have brett weston wallace there again love him um basically says mantle's a choker you know uh we'd love to do a little wager but stonewall doesn't play for food stamps gross 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 so then we cut to the Andrews house and Reggie is talking to the team about the other team's weaknesses. He's like, look, I played with them, so I know what's up. So, you know, Weston Wallace has legitimate skills, but can't think a shot from outside the key. Fang is your job is to keep him there. And then, you know, Tank looks like Boris Karloff, but panics when you crowd him. Archie, he's your target. Stay on him like paint on the side of a barn. And Archie's just like not paying attention. And it's like, what? Come on, Archie, are you there? And he goes... He's a barn on paint. Got it. So then we cut to later. They're doing dishes. And Reggie's like, what's up? Are you are you upset because Peppy got dog napped? We'll get him back. It'll be fine. And Archie just says, I feel like I'm an imposter. I shouldn't be the captain. You should. You're made for it. Isn't that? It's your dream. And Reggie just goes on to be like, I don't have dreams. I have a plan. I'm going to win this game. And then I'm going to win the game after that. And keep winning until I get pro. And, you know, he's like, well, what about you? And Archie's just like, I play basketball because it's a way for me to feel close to my dad, not because it's my passion. But what's your passion? Cars, girls. And Archie goes, you wouldn't believe me if I told you. And Reggie doesn't push it anymore. Except Reggie knows. Reggie's not an idiot. They share a room. Yeah. He sees things. And I like that this Reggie is pretty observant. It's good. It's it's a fun, it's a fun uh, take on the Reggie character. We cut over to Jughead's train car. He's working with Ethel and Ethel is drawing the milkman. And Jughead's like, look, you heard what Fieldstone said. We can't do this. You know, Ixnay on the Ilkman may. And Ethel's just like, look, I'm tired of having to explain this to people. I want to tell my story or at least a version of it, even if it's in just a comic book. And Jug's like, okay, that makes sense. And you'll draw the heck out of it. But we've got to figure out a creative way to t- have our cake and eat it too without a glass of milk of course very cute 
Then we get to a very stupid scene. Both Pembroke, Veronica, and Betty are doing each other's nails. They start talking about, you know, when their moms kind of pushed them away. And we find out that Alice stopped tucking Betty in when she got her period. And that Veronica always thought, never knew if she was wanted or not. Her parents liked her when she would do what they told her to. But, you know, once she stopped being their doll, uh, things changed. Uh, We find out that Polly, Betty's older sister, left as soon as she turned 18. And uh, Betty doesn't really talk to her very much because she's so busy. We don't know with what. That's what happened to Polly in this world. And so they make a pact to never grow up and be anything like their parents. Which you know who's really happy? Kevin and Clay. And so then they get into this whole, like, it must be easier on some level for two boys to date. Barf. Barf. And then we just get into the whole, like, I'm curious about kissing girls. Me too. It's only natural. With who? With you. Let's do it. You want to? Me too. Let's try it. And then as soon as that starts, we hear the door and Smithers comes in with Mary. And Smithers goes, Miss Veronica, we're coming in. Um, And he looks at Mary and says, I stand corrected, Mrs. Andrew. You were right about the squatters. Which Mary looks at the girls and says, you need to tell me everything. An adult. (laughs) Poor baby is cool. Adult. Head on over to uh, the hospital where Cheryl is sitting at Julian's side. And she's just... You know, saying nice things to him. You know, we didn't always get along, but I love you. Call me crazy, but I miss your grating voice. I miss your horsey laugh. And then all of a sudden he wakes up. He's like, I was like, would you stop with the waterworks? You're embarrassing both of us. Call a uh, guy in a coma horsey laugh. <laughs> gotta remember that. <laughs> it's it's a sweet moment. It's the first time like he's actually been nice to his sister. We go back to the Pembroke and Mary is shocked. That Alice has done this, you know, like uh, uh, just that it's just this is wrong and she's going to fix things. And then we cut back to Thornhill and Cheryl overhears Clifford talking to Featherhead about making sure the Mantles can't take legal action against him or the school board because they're going to get rid of Mantle. Um, they'll keep it all hush hush, but they're finalizing the papers for their new ringer from Boston, K.O. Kelly, and he'll transfer to Riverdale High as soon as next week. Um, but they got to wait until Mantle gets us that win against Stonewall and we'll swap him out for a normal red blood in America lad, a real one. You know, this one's a good player, just more like us. Blech. Could they be more mustache twirling than this? Is it possible? They could. They could have mustaches that they were twirling. (laughs) Ah, yes. That's what's missing. Uh, We cut over the Cooper house and Mary is yelling at Alice, (laughs) which I love. She says, of all of the no good rotten things in this world, what kind of mother disowns their own child? You know, like we were put on this earth to nurture our children. And here I thought Penelope Blossom was bad. And you can bet your bottom dollar I said the same thing to Hermione Lodge. And so, so it's best that you pray that you can repair the damage that you've done. And so like as this is happening, we see Smithers giving the key back to Veronica. And then Alice drops laundry off at Betty's room. And Betty's like, oh, so I'm your daughter again? To which Alice says, of course, you and Ethel are. So weird. So dramatic. I love it. Just so odd. It is. Uh, We cut to school the next day. Cheryl goes up to Archie and she's like, hey, I got to talk to you. 
mostly about Reggie and my father's nefarious plans for him. No lipstick. No lipstick. She's. It's been increasingly less lipstick. She had lipstick when she was with her family because, of course, she needed her armor. But with these people that she trusts as her friends, she's not having to wear it. Shocking. I love that they've kept that detail. So we cut to Reggie shooting hoops, you know, just outside the school. And Archie tells him what's going on. And, you know, about this ringer, K.O. Kelly. And he's and Reggie's just like, how much you want to wager? The new ringer is a few shades lighter than me. And Archie's just like, I'm in knots about this. What do you want to do? And Reggie's just like, I want to finish what I was brought here to do. And I want to lead the Bulldogs to their first championship in a decade. And I want to do it as captain. And so Archie's like, well, that's what I want too. Same with all the guys on the team. So let's see if we can make that happen. Very sweet. Cut on over to Pep Comics and Jughead and Ethel have their new story. And they're like, you know, it's not a milkman. It's a mailman. <laughs> you know? And it was like, you know, we just kept circling back to it. And Fieldstone's like, you know, it's a pretty neat workaround. Um, he's like, they're not going to like it. But, you know, this is going to thicken that storm. But let's go. Like, let's do this. Bernie, call the printers. I'll call the printers. Let me come back to Thornhill and Clifford sitting there doing his Clifford thing. And Archie shows up with the rest of the Bulldogs. And Clifford's like, shouldn't you be resting? And he goes, oh, yeah, this is not what we planned on doing. But um, you're not going to replace Reggie. And I'm not going to be captain. He's going to be captain. And Clifford's like, you don't have the authority to do that. Not even your uncle does. Only I do. And so Archie's like, okay, well, you do that. You, you make Reggie the captain for the rest of the season. Or I walk. And then Reggie's like, oh, yeah, I will too. And then Fangs chimes in and says, and if Archie and Reggie walk, we all walk. We're a team and we stand together. And then like Archie's like, I'm guessing it'd be pretty embarrassing for the mayor of Riverdale to derail the champion season out of what? Spite? And Clifford is not happy. And he says, I do not take kindly to threats. To which Reggie says, this isn't a threat, Mr. Mayor. Just laying out your options. So what it'll be, sir. I love it. I love it so mm-hmm. much. It's the union all over again. It's, yeah, it is. It is the exact same thing. So it's late at night and Betty's awake. And then all of a sudden the phone rings and Betty gets it after the first ring. And it's Veronica calling her. And they're basically just saying, you know, that they miss each other and that they love each other. And are you going to the game tomorrow? Oh, yeah, I guess I am. You, I suppose you want to sit together. Then you can explain the game to me. Betty's like, yeah, I'll explain the few that I picked up as a river vixen. Okay, what should we wear? <laughs> Which is cute. Sweet. It's B and V, B and B and V. Mm-hmm. The B and E with B and V. We cut over to the locker room just before the game, and Reggie's just like, like the only reason Mayor Blossom rubber stamped me is because the way you guys supported me, and no one's done that before. And also, my folks made it up from Duck Creek to watch my first game as captain. And then Archie just goes, let's win this for Reggie's folks. And then Fangs adds, and for Peppy. Never Peppy. So they're all like heading out and there's a, a, a B for Bulldogs on the wall. They all slap as they're, they're running out. And Archie just grabs Reggie and says, you know, don't give him a second to breathe. And he's just like, count on it. So they go. And then we have the game. And they did this really well. They did it all in slow-mo, the game itself. But then, like, as we're hearing Jughead do narration about the game, 
we see the town listening to it. Um, you know, the Babylonium is closed for the big game. There's a guy sitting in his car listening to the radio about it. Um, and then the guy filling up that guy's car is listening to the radio about it, too. It's really cute. And we see them, you know, they they win. And then, you know, they're able to put Peppy the mascot back where he belongs at the school. Is this Jughead or is this a radio announcer? Um, It does say announcer, but it's Jughead's voice. Is it? I didn't mm. recognize Jug's voice. I just recognized. And the game goes. Okay, well, the transcript does say announcer, but mm. I guess my brain automatically goes to its Jughead if there's a, a voiceover. Well, if it is Cole, that would be pretty fun. Oh, that'd be amazing. That'd be perfection. It should be. Let's. They, if, I don't care if they put a filter on him or anything, but it should be Cole. Cole's also been doing some podcast work, so, you know. It's it's after the game and we're in Archie's room and, you know, Archie's like, how does it feel, Reggie? You're MVP and a record breaker. And Reggie's excited. He's like, I'm really happy my parents got to see me win. And so, like, they're just, like, having a cute moment. And so Archie's like, okay, hold on a second. I've got, I want to give you something. And Archie gives him his dad's captain patch. And Reggie's like, I, I can't I can't do that. And he's like, nope. Uh, my dad would be so proud for you to wear this. And so am I. It was really sweet. And Reggie's like, so are you going to stick around on the team? And Archie's like, yeah, I guess for a little while. I got to watch your back. And Reggie's just like, what about those poems? That's what you love doing. And because of course he knows. And Archie's of like, maybe. he knows. And he's like, I don't know. I don't think the world's ready for Archie Andrews beatnik poem. And, you know, Reggie's like, yeah, maybe not. And so then they, they mess with each other and they start kind of like wrestling. And... As we're kind of pulling out of this, we can kind of see that, like, there's some lightning and thunder. And then we get Jughead narration. And, you know, they're on the cusp of pursuing very different dreams, unaware that a storm was coming. As Mr. Fieldstone said, like the wrath of God, it was coming and it was going to and all of us would be smashed to pieces by it. Riverdale. I literally don't care. Get to the fucking point or end the series. I mean, they are ending the series. Uh, we only have eight more episodes, but yeah, yeah. Know, let's let's get to it. So yeah, I, it's it's it was a really good episode, but we're we're just waiting for something else. If this had been our first season of Riverdale, this would have been fine. We'd have been like, oh, okay, we got some character development, a fun musical sequence, you know, strengthening relationships. Great, fine, but. We're trying to get to a thing, and it's like, come on. Yeah. It's it's become overbearing, and it's a series finale. Mm-hmm. I just, there's a level at which you have to just move on and get to the fucking point. Well, and it's a series finale that they knew about. It's not like one where, like, we didn't know it was going to be the last one. It's like, no, you knew. <sighs> you knew. All right, let's look at the next time on... All right, well, next week is called The Crucible. Um, it's looking like we're going to go on a gay witch hunt. So The Crucible is a, not, a, not a bad pull. Well, I have seen the synopsis for the episode. Okay. Number one, Mark Consuelos is coming. Mark Consuelos and Marisol Nichols. And this episode is being directed by Mage Namek. Fun. But also, Mrs. Thornton is being accused of communism. Yep. 
So that's a that's a slight twist. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, everything's gonna get all paranoid. But again, where are you going with this? Yeah, what's the point? To what end, man? Like again, we only have eight more episodes. And speaking again, speaking of those episodes, it was just announced this week what the final musical episode is going to be of the series. And I've made a lot of predictions. A lot of predictions. Mm-hmm. And so it's going to be episode 14. And it's going to be Riverdale present Archie the musical. It is going to be all original songs. Oh boy. It's either going to be the biggest train wreck or it's going to be hilarious. It's probably going to be both. Yeah. I'm fine with that. The conceit is supposed to be that Kevin is writing this musical, which is great. Cool. I'm down for all of that. I'm just, I I really hope it's all done in like the parody style and it's going to be fun. I'm I'm looking forward to what what a mishmash this shall be. Gird your loins, everyone. Gird your loins. That's not two weeks away, but I'm very excited. <laughs> just tell me what's happening. Are they forever trapped in 1955? Is that what we've done? I I think I think so. Why? I think we might. I mean, we had this brief conversation earlier in life, but it's like, you know, it wouldn't be the worst way to tie off this series in that it's just going to keep going. They're just going to keep going on these merry-go-rounds because like a serialized comic, that's what they do. They just revisit storylines and twist them and do them in a slightly different way for the time and then it goes around and around and then you do it again and that's just all you do with comics which is fine and cool and so if that becomes the conceit of the end of the series i'm fine with that but again why did we need 20 episodes to do that so we'll see Mm. we'll see well until next time (laughs) hashtag Go Bulldogs! Thanks for listening. Be sure to review and rate us on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your podcast. For questions, comments, and recommendations, you can email us at macintoshandmod at gmail.com or find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook.